Here with another episode. Don't leave it to the judges podcast. I'm here with Patty Broken Skull. Patty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know we gotta do it to him. You know we gotta do it to him. We're here. We're back. This is the I don't know. I think we've dropped down. We're probably the third top MMA podcast. Truth, truth be told, though, let's go back in the history a little bit of our own show, folks. For for those of you that have been along for this ride, Sam never knows where I'm going with half this shit. I just I start know. talking, dude. It's phenomenal. I like seeing his face when I do it. Um, let's go back in the history of don't leave it to the judges in the early days of us doing the show. I was calling out a podcast over and over and over again, every episode. And it was called yo MMA raps with Lewis J Gomez and Dave Smith, right? Two illustrious commentators of the sport of MMA. You guys all know them as uh shitball New York comedians with 30 minute specials on YouTube but <laughs> or not at all. Um, what I do know as a fact, and me and Sam can both agree to this, is whether or not we are a top MMA podcast, we've stuck around, and they didn't. Yeah, they stopped doing their thing because it just never would make sense. You can't compete. We, nobody cares about how you feel about fights. They care about how we feel. Okay? That's why you're here. All 20 Could of have you. been RC and, and DC knocked them right off the top, you know? They, they you come know on at, at fucking 3 a.m. in the morning. West Coast time or some bullshit like that, you know, if you happen to be up. <laughs> and my favorite thing about it, too, is, Sam, is their show looks exactly like what we look like right now. Just two <laughs> dudes on Zoom talking about fights, fucking green screen backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. and so, uh, you know, with fucking, what do, they, what do they got, tickers at the bottom, too, because it's on ESPN. Oh, that's a show we got to watch. Talk about overly produced, Daniel Tosh. Fucking week. Uh, speaking of fucking week, uh, Derek Brunson has made his way over to the PFL, the Professional Fighters League, or some dumbass shit nobody cares about. And remember, they also bought Bellator again, something nobody cares about <laughs> at all. Uh, I don't think Dana White's brought it up one time. I'm sure he's been asked dozens of times, and he's like, I don't care. The the only thing that would be bothersome for me is the fact that ESPN owns PFL, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it started on ESPN. It was a fight league that was created on ESPN. And then ESPN said, sure, we'll host the UFC too. Seems kind of conniving, right? Hey, guys, we got this sport that we do, and we'd like you to help promote it with us. Well, we're I, gonna make I can go own. on a small rant about ESPN very quickly. Please. Our ESPN just uh, unheralded their ESPN bets. They're, they're in the betting game now. That I don't nice. fucking like because their reporters – are in the locker room with the players, with the fighters. They know every fucking thing that's going on. They know game plans. And they, of course, they're reporting it back to ESPN. Come on now. I mean, I just think they have an unfair advantage with betting lines and shit like that because who would know more about what the fuck's going to happen to them? Let me argue with that, Sam. I love it. I love it. It's very funny because you also have to think about this. How many of those guys... Such as Yanni the Greek, uh, Kenny Florian, uh, Ariel Hawani, are also very close and intertwined with this sport, and they're wrong always. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see what I'm saying. <laughs> so it's it. I get I get what you're saying, but you got to take it from my end too, where it's like these fucking guys can have all the inside information they want. It's still the fight game. It's still the fight game, and if these motherfuckers are gonna bet on the fight game, that's your own fault for losing. Because sorry. That's the fight game is not football, bitch. It's just not. It's not. Uh, I do want to throw something out there because you are a basketball fan. Before I talk more about Derek Brunson, uh, what do you know about this Josh Giddy situation? 
Uh, well, no, the female's not cooperating with the police. Her and her family's not cooperating. Okay, all, so all it's I know some is like of... apparently she was putting on Snapchat like just fuck Josh, and he's like right there behind her, and she looks wow. like a she looks young as shit. I don't know wow. how old she is. I'm not gonna say speculation. She's like somewhere around the 15 age area. Ooh, that's tough. Who knows? Who knows, man? You, never, you don't fucking know anymore. Uh, when you see these broads, you almost need to see a fucking ID. And hell, you don't even know if they they what private parts they even have anymore. So you got to be fucking sure. careful out there. Yeah, especially these big time athletes with a lot of stuff to lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I mean that, everybody. That everybody should be picture. careful in general and avoid it as much as you can. But when you have that much shit to lose and you're fucking around, it's it, like remember when remember back in the day when the biggest worry was having kids with different women. <laughs> like now it's like, uh, I said hi to her, dude. <laughs> she was not reciprocating of the high, and now we're in a lawsuit. Got to pay her out of court. <clears throat> but let's talk about Derek Brunson here because, right. boy, what a fun guy. You know, there's there's nothing I like more, Sam, than showing our level, our eliteness as UFC fans, and you know those the fans alike, people out there that are also fans of this this specifically. Okay. Because our fighters go into every one of these other goddamn leagues and just destroy everyone. So obviously, now if I was Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby, the guys that are bringing in most of these fighters, dude, I'd hug, I'd be hugging that motherfucker. Come here, Sean, let's hug, dude. Every time, every time Ryan Bader wins again, fucking yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, like that. We fucking found the guy. We ha- he didn't do well enough here. Yeah, he went somewhere else and destroyed everyone else. So that is also more proof that the UFC is the top of the fucking heat, bitch. Yeah. Period. There's think, nobody you think else. Brunson's gonna dominate over there. Wait, who? You think Brunson's gonna dominate? No. But my point, my yeah, my point, more, my point is, is even the guy that Joaquin Buckley knocked out ended up winning the million dollars oh, or yeah. some shit, right? Uh, Impa, okay. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who's a highlight reel for Joaquin Buckley when he walks out in UFC fights now, okay? Wins wins well, and then uh, my point is, we've seen it with Bellator and we see it with PFL. Vinny Margulies, the motherfucker, couldn't do anything in the UFC, even with the Ultimate Fighter. He goes over there and he does very well. Um, what's the Canadian guy's name? <laughs> Fucking Al- Al- Oliver. Avin Abin Mercier or whatever the fuck his name is. Olivier Abin Mercier. Whatever the fucking guy's name is. Another Canadian guy, 145er, ends up winning. You know, does really well over there. And he was halfway decent in the UFC. That's the thing. It's like, I, I like to compare it a lot to the NBA being the UFC and the NBA as the same because the worst NBA player will beat any high school dominant player any college dominant player on the street no matter what that's just the statistics are already proven it's happened okay we've seen it dozens of times it's rare for a 17 year old to jump into the fucking nba and dominate right that's why we get so upset that's why i get so upset with fighters like michael chandler or ben Askren. hey dude you should have stayed a champ over there that's what i say to those guys because I get it as an athlete where you're like, I need to challenge myself. That is, it's so stupid not to. So guys like Fedor or MVP, if they don't make it into the UFC, Fedor never did. You got to look at them differently. You cannot be judged as the, you cannot be hailed as the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. If you fought three of our best UFC guys outside of the UFC, when they weren't even good UFC guys anymore, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. MVP has to fight in the UFC. Every one of these guys that have been good in these other organizations without ever touching that octagon, they have to. 
the speculations MVP is going to fight Kevin Holland. I'm with that all day that's, long. It's yeah, same, that's um, the same guy. Dana White. There's a picture of Dana White, or maybe it was a sc- screenshot from like a live stream, and behind him was a board of fights, and Kevin Holland versus MVP was on that. On Michael Venom Page was on that board. So. See, because a guy like Michael Venom Page built a reputation for himself, not just with the fights. He's a fun guy to watch. Even him getting devastated, Mike Perry style, you know what I mean? I'm still a fan. Let's he, He's a good showman. He's his own guy. And that's the type of characters we need. We deserve that as the top of the heap, you know, but you also have to have those guys that can act that way and they can take their underwear. They can take their board shorts off, throw them into the crowd, but also be a dominant fighter. You know what I mean? You can't have yourself being knocked out in your hometown twice. You just, <laughs> you can't, it's not going to work. I mean, your Instagram's huge, but that's fucking embarrassing. Uh, but Derek Brunson made this post. Uh, about going into the PFL and his first attempt at the PFL. And he says, uh, PFL versus UFC physique. Now it's a picture side by side of him twice. Uh, and he says, I saw the debates online, steroids slash PEDs or natural answer. Never took any steroids or PEDs ever attention to details. No sodas, no chips, no candy. And then, you know, there's more stuff. He just talks about why why his physique is better for some reason in PFL in comparison to the UFC. I think the average person might look at that like, good for you. I look at it like, huh, so you weren't trying your best. Yeah. In the best organization. He's more motivated now to to, to win. So I said, I quote tweet him angrily, and I said, (laughs) this isn't impressive. As an athlete, you should be motivated to compete, no matter the scenario or paycheck. This really looks ugly, and it's certainly not going to garner new fans. You should put the same effort in, no matter what. Hashtag, you've been Bellator. (laughs) Bitch. Derek Brunson, you've been Bellator, motherfucker. You had a lucky run there for a second, and fucking wasn't even worth it, was it? Go over there. You've been Bellator. You've been PFL. See ya. See ya. Go sit on the fucking B squad, motherfucker. That's where you belong. All right, so let's talk about this Ian Gary situation. So it's come out that Ian Gary, who we already knew his wife was 40 years old, he took her name. We discussed that before. Now uh, it's come out that she has, had written a book uh, about 10 years ago about how to be a wag, which is how to score like a young athlete. And her husband, her ex-husband, Supposedly lives in the house. He's their nutritionist. And it's just, it's wild, dude. I just watched a, a video clip of her on some, like a podcast, something like that, or doing an interview when she says that her and Ian were just going to be a one-night uh, stand. They both agreed as a one-night stand. She's like, now, nah, and here he is, still here. It's, it's just wild. There's all kinds of pictures of her with other fighters. Her with the Sugar Shane. Uh, just, it's wild, dude. Wild. So, Sugar Sean? Sugar, Sugar Sean. Sean, Sugar, Sean Sugar Shane. Okay. Should fuck them all. That's all. But anyway, no, she's uh, apparently she's been trying to score a young athlete for a, a while now, and she's got one in Gary. And yeah, that's the situation. Jesus Christ, dude. It just makes me wonder about old Conor McGregor. Because not only did she get herself a young one, she got a fucking dummy from uh, across the seas. You know, this fucking half a twit. This guy's got nothing going on upstairs, man. He's all fight. 
They're like, well, it's kind of an athlete, right? He's kind of an athlete. He's an MMA guy. Like, that's not, I don't think that says anything about MMA in your fucking book. <laughs> what she's saying is you need to find a college, you need to find a high schooler that can fucking dunk from the free throw line and try to get him into your fucking bedroom. That's what you need to do. She's not talking about some fucking 20-year-old from fucking Ireland who fights. That's not. Technically, if you if you put those two together, one's not an athlete. That's just an Irish guy. Yeah, she's all in, was in Dylan Danis's, uh DMs. He's just like putting out DMs and shit from a while like back. It. And what Jake Shields is like, if your wife is up in Dylan Danis's DMs, you need a divorce immediately. <laughs> run, run. Never agree with Jake they, Shields anymore. Don't they have a kid? Yeah, they do. Ugh. I guess it's his. Yeah, no kidding. Ooh. All right, so yeah, Ian, Gary. Uh, I do like Strickland is, is just giving them all kinds of advice. He's like, dude, we'll hook you up with a ring girl. There's all kinds of girls out there. We'll, we'll get you somebody. But uh, anyway, he's stuck with his wife. Or, you know, oh, and the action man, Chris Curtis, tried to get in there and defend Gary. He ended up taking his shit down. Like, his Twitter's gone now, at least for now. Oh wow! Why they get, did they get his ass? Uh, I I think so many people replied negatively. Right. Yeah. You know, he was just like, like "Fuck it, I'm I I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm out." Oh. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm sure they talked about the book, people. Blah blah blah. blah something. I'm sure they had that discussion. You know, right. who knows? Maybe they hadn't had that discussion. Hey, you know what? You don't have to defend another man, especially when he's. 15 years younger than you. That's weird, dude. Because now I'm questioning what you got going on at your house. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. All right, let's get into these fights, man. The Moody Center out in Austin, Texas. Out at the Apex. And we got some fights coming up. I missed last weekend. All yeah, right, no so we start off with the flyweight bout. Veronica Hardy versus Jamie Lynn Herf. Hardy, you know this is Dan Hardy's wife. She's two and four in the UFC. How does she still have a job? I don't know. Maybe because she's Dan Hardy's wife. Uh, Jamie Lynn Herf. Uh, she had that decision win over Haley Cowan in her UFC debut. Uh, as a wait, 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 wait. Veronica is Dan Hardy's wife. Yes, yes. Why does the other girl have his face? <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought you were saying that's his wife. I'm like, they fucking look a lot alike. <laughs> then you said the records. I was like, oh, okay, I got it. Yeah. So, Just uh, jokes. So this Jamie Lynn Herbst, she's 6-0. and oh, And, you know, she ended up winning over Haley Cowan. Not that impressive to me, decision win. Now, she, I had to go back to her amateur record to find someone who we know. And she's she actually uh, has two. She's 3-0 and oh in amateur. Their amateur fights. Two of them were the same person was against Lupe Cadenas. So she beat her twice. One was a split decision. One was a decision. Of course, that was a long time ago, 2016, 2017. So, you know, Jamie Lynn Herf, three inches taller, two-inch reach, and she'll probably win this fight. All right. Yeah, man. I can't get I mean, that's that fucking joke is spot on. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I had to go look at her more. And, buddy... <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> I'm not saying that Dan Hardy wasn't also a handsome man, but come on, man. <laughs> Fucking crazy. This, I mean, she's obviously a good fighter, so Dan Hardy's wife is in trouble, though. She's like, I, I'll, I can only see you, sweetheart. 
Like, so, dude, I sent you a picture on Instagram. Tell me that's not fucking Dan Hardy. All right. <laughs> like she's doing the Dan Hardy thing. If she had a, if she had a Dan Hardy's mouth guard, what was it? The fucking sharp teeth. Yeah, spot on. All right, it's not spot on. It's just jokes, though. I love everyone. <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah, uh, tell me, right? Flexing, bro. That's Dan Hardy's flex. <laughs> Anyways, I, I'm sure she's gonna win too. Sorry, Dan. I don't know who this hurts more. <laughs> All right, Wellington Terman versus uh, Jared Gordon. Right? No, Gooden. Jared Gooden. Jared Sorry. Gooden. Can't read these names on this fucking thing. Wow. I, should, I should. I should. At this point, we've done the, so many episodes. You'd think I'd print them out like Sam does. Well, it's like three guys with the Jared Gooden, yeah. Gordon, shit like that. So that uh, they're hard to remember. I mean, this is twenty-two and nine, though. That's a hell of a record. Yep. Uh, he's twenty-nine versus the twenty-seven-year-old Wellington Terman. We've seen this guy in there. He's done some things. I don't know what his, his streak has been currently. I feel like it's been relatively boring. Yeah, he, he got a he, decision over Randy. Two. Which, that's not bad. Randy Brown's a tough fight. Randy Brown will take your head off if he can. That's a long man. Uh, sort of similar here, I would imagine, with Jared. But they're both six foot. Uh, he does have a 77-inch reach to the 72 Wellington Tournament. I would take Jared Gooden in this fight if I was putting money on it. Yeah. Just from experience. This is hard hard to pick, but I, I think I'd go the other way. Only because uh, Gooden, this is the second stint in the UFC. And he's one in four. So he doesn't have very... Very much success, you know, in the okay. UFC whatsoever. Oh, this guy, he's been knocked out twice. Actually, both of these guys have been knocked out twice. So maybe we'll see somebody get knocked out. Yeah, Who this knows? is definitely a telling fight. I think one one of these guys is moving up. One of the other guys is uh, packing up. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, yeah. And, and you know, I feel like that about a lot of these, these fights on the card. And that's why we like them more, dude. You know yeah. that. I like something being at stake, you know, not just a title. There's just so much more on these fights where it's like, well, you might never hear that guy again. <laughs> it's fantastic. They might be a champion, too. You also have that. Now, this next fight, you got Rodolov. Uh, Rodolfo. Rodolfo Bellato. <laughs> Rodolfo Bellato. Uh, it's Ihor Pateria. Pataria? Anyway, this... Um, Let me see. Uh... Okay, close enough. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so uh, I'll start with him. Nine knockouts, six submission wins. He's been knocked out three times. This is the guy who was signed on the Contender Series, and now he's one and two in the UFC. He was knocked out by Carlos Olberg in his last fight in the first round. You know, he had won his previous 15 fights, but uh, with Dolov, uh, a minus 500 betting favorite. So the, they really have him down to win this thing. This is his UFC debut. Six knockouts, four submissions wins. He's been not both his losses. He was knocked out twice, and they were by Victor Petrino. So, <laughs> well, well, look who Ihor just got knocked out by. That's probably the, why he's the model. Under, so, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Victor Petrino's a, a tough fucking guy, man. If that's the only person you've lost to, then uh, yeah, I, I, I see him winning this. Oh yeah, and then remember, uh, people don't like Ihor because of the way he treated uh, Shogun. Oh yeah, remember? yeah, now yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Got him. Found it. Now we know who you are, Ihor. <laughs> you some bitch. All right, uh, you can't respect a legend like that. It's the same thing with Ian Gary. Everything, dude. I, well, I swear to God, we called all of that shit. <laughs> Everything that Gary is going through right now, 
we were ahead of it because I was talking shit about the fact that he took his wife's name, but I was also talking shit because remember we liked him when he first started, first two fights. Yeah. Then he, then Neil Magny came in short notice and he fucking disrespected him, and I went off. And now look at you, motherfucker! Yeah, I, you, I don't you were know talking about that. taking his wife's name, and I like looked his wife up, and I'm like, dad damn, she's forty years old. Yep, and then it just trickled down. Yeah, the information was right here in front of us. We just never dove too deep into it. We just were like, oh, yeah, what a fucking I, – I was like – I eventually became a, oh, what a piece of shit. Of course, win. Go ahead and win. Win your fights. I could give a shit about that, but you're also fucking – what an asshole. You know what I mean? And then you find out this other – you took your wife's name? Bizarre. We called it, though. We were ahead of the curve. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely going Rodolfo on this one for sure. It, w- it would be funny for the UFC <laughs> for us if Ihor did just come back on a tear, just whooping ass, doing his thing. Because that the model guy is the one that knocked him out last time, that yes. Carlos Olberg guy. Uh, Steve Garcia, the next fight. Uh, Mel Quizio Costa. Mel Quizio. That sounds good enough for me. Yep. Uh, this is a guy that, that like said he was too ugly to do anything else but fight. Since he saw uh, the one fighter in a video game that had the same complexion that he had, the same disease. And this guy, okay, so he's had two UFC fights. And he looked like shit in one of his fights. And then the the other fight, that was a submission loss to Diego Moises. He looked terrible. And then over uh, Austin Lingo, he looked like a different fighter. He lit up Austin Lingo. Lingo, it was a decision win. So it's kind of a tale of two fighters. Steve Garcia, if he fucks around like that, I think Steve Garcia, even though Costa's a betting favorite, Steve Garcia, I think, could knock his ass out. He's got 11 knockout wins and some very quick wins in his last two fights. Uh, Even has a a knockout win over over Hooper in the first round. And I think he comes in and beats him up. Well, the one thing I'll say about Steve is he's at least got the power. For sure. He's got the power. If he can advantage. stay standing against this guy. If, yeah, too. absolutely. All he, if he can get it going, he'll be all right. But this guy, I think, is too talented on the grappling. He's going to grab him and hold on to him like a fucking snake. Yep. All right. Light, lightweight belt now, bout now. I can't say anything. Joe Selecki, Drake or Close. Dracar. Dr- Dracar. Come on, dude. Don't act like you don't have that cologne on your fucking bedside. Dr- no, I got some CK1. Or- that I'm uh, rocking Stetson. Hardly ever wear. Uh, Drakkar, five knockout wins, eight decision wins, seven and two in the UFC. Some very impressive wins, like over Bobby Green. Uh, he's won five of his last six fights. Joe Selecki, uh, one knockout, eight sub submission wins. He's five and one in UFC. His only loss in the UFC was to Jared Gordon. It was a split decision, and this is kind of a classic takedown versus striker fight. Here and uh, yeah, I'd, man, this is gonna be a, this could be a tough one. This this one, I, I think it should be a good fight. Joe Selecki is gonna come in there looking to to, to take Draker down, and just like the last fight, it's gonna be the same basic principle. And I don't know, I, I think Selecki probably can succeed in doing it. Okay, hold on, hold on. Let me say this about Jakar. This is a guy that should have already been somewhere else. He should have been at the top. Okay, top 10, top 5, because he was smashing these dudes early. Let's just look at this, okay? He beat Mark Diacasey his second fight. He lost to David Tamer. Now, where's he? Uh, then you got Dracar beating Lando Venata. Then he beat Bobby Green. Then Christos Yagos. Okay, then he lost to Benel Dariush. 
Who's on the top of the card? Yeah, you're right. Okay. You know what? You convinced me. Uh, I would change my pick. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Joe Selecki's nobody to sleep on, though. I just think that yeah. Jakar, these fighters find these slumps, man. They they hit they hit this stride. They're fighting these too good of guys too early, and that might just fuck with them. They might start taking other people's simple, or they might. I don't know. There's a lot to this mental game when it comes to fighting. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see Dracar do his thing. He's 35, man. There's only so much time left. And when you were beating these guys that are, you know, top names now, it's kind of like, you know, Bobby Green was just headlining a card and shit. Come on, man. Now yeah. look, you're on the fucking prelims. Uh, I just, I, I can see Slecky, uh, Selecky doing like the, the snake thing, grab a hold of him like a snake. Right. Like you were Absolutely. talking about the other guy, though. Absolutely. Costa in the last fight. So it'll be I 100% agree. All right. So next, uh, all right. This is a strange fight here. Cody Brundage, Zachary Reese. Zachary Reese uh, finishes in all wins. He's four knockouts, two submissions. He's never even been to a second round, this guy. Armbar went on the Contender Series. This is his UFC debut. Now, I looked into, same as the, the female in the first fight, he's 6-0. and So I went and looked at his amateur record. And he has an amateur loss. That was to Kevin Holland back in 2012 by decision. So this guy, <laughs> this guy's been around even though he's 6-0. And, oh. and uh, Brundage, Brundage looked like shit in his last four fights. He only got a win in his last fight because dude hit him in the back of the head and he laid up against the cage and pretended like, I'm sorry, he couldn't couldn't continue. Right. So he's 1-3 technically in his last four, but come on, man. Yeah, I think they're trying to get Brundage out of here now. This dude, not only did he look like shit, but he also acted like shit. You know, he didn't conduct himself very well. You know, he didn't come back from that. I'm not sure what all we said when it actually happened, but I'm sure we agreed, you know, like, the back of the head shots are fucked. But to see what the injuries we have seen, the back of the head shot, the, the down knee shots that we have seen, it feels like you could have got out from that. We've all been punched in the back of the head. Don't you spar every day, bitch? Like, you, you can't tell me you don't accidentally get a fucking kick to the back of the head. And he was that, looking like shit, like... In general. Early on. Yeah. In general. He had nothing. Mal, he had nothing. Got, yeah, Malcoon had him. And, uh, yeah, Mancoon, whatever his fucking name is, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, let me see. I want to see about this Zachary... Is it Zachary Reese? Yes. Yeah, Zachary. Okay, we're good then, yeah. I think this is his last fight. Brundage is going to PFL, dog. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even going to want him there. So I'm sure they don't, but uh, he's a name. Yeah. They're desperate for anyone. Now, speaking don't of it. a name, the next fight on the card, Misha Tate, a women's bantamweight bout against Julia Avelia. Now, Tate, it's a shame she's fallen this far. You're talking about someone that was headlining events, and now... Fast forward and look, she's the seven fight in. She's the top of the prelims. It's it's well, wild. She, but she spent too she spent too much time dating that Brian guy. The guy that fought in the UFC twice. Somehow made away. it on the yeah. there you go. And he made it on the UFC game. Now prick. these are two these girls are going in two different directions. Tate lost four of her last five. Only that she fought that um Moran, Ranano, whatever the hell her name was when she first came back. The lady that can't do anything. It's like 9 and 8. The only reason she even has a win. Uh, now, Julia, she's won 5 of her last 6. 4 of them were finishes. 3 knockouts, 1 submission. 
So Tate, she's going to be trying all her might to grapple or she's going to get knocked out to this lady. I yeah, say that. Just... Let me look up. Has Tate ever been knocked out? Yes, I twice. Don't. Ronda Rousey, right? I think Ronda got yeah. her once. Yeah. Knocked out. Well, who is Liz, Car- Liz Carmouche? Yeah, Liz Carmouche. Uh, Kat Zingano. Z- Z- ah, Zingano, man. She was bad as hell, dude. Everybody sleeps on her. Yeah. Kat was fucking sexy, She's though, too. Also, too. There was a lot of baddies there, bro. It was her than Sarah Orza, whoever the hell. No, no, she beat Sarah Orza. Where's the other knockout loss? Oh, Caitlin Young. Her second ever fight back in Indiana. Oh, wow. Don't even have the fucking That's year why she him. wrestles now. Her fucking second fight, she got slapped. She's like, nope, I'm grabbing <laughs> you, bitch. <laughs> I think Misha's got some power, though, too, which is devastating. Because she can't throw fast enough because those fucking hangers. All right. Um, I think they also put this fight together because Julia was the only other girl in the division with gray hair. <laughs> Misha obviously dyes her hair. This woman's fucking leaning into it. She must have an Instagram or an Etsy. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what she's got. <laughs> All right, middleweight belt. I'm making jokes, dude. Penhelia Sereno, Dustin <laughs> Schultz. Oh, uh, uh, hold on. Puna Haley. Puna Haley. We know this guy. This guy's uh, Marvin Vittori of uh, the middleweights as well. Just takes <laughs> a Marvin Vittori to middleweights. Yeah, Holy Marvin shit. Vittori is a, you know, you get it. All this right. guy just takes a beating every time, doesn't he? Uh, Who's his last fight? He got knocked out by Kopilov. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Yeah, he's the big betting favorite here. Uh, Schultz, Schultz hasn't done any fucking thing, though. That's the reason why. Two knockouts, five submission wins. He's been knocked out, submitted twice. Uh, this guy, this is the guy who was losing on the contender series to Joe Pfeiffer. But then they went to the ground and Pfeiffer landed weird on his arm and had that big injury. So they signed this guy off the contender series. Pfeiffer was whipping his ass, I thought. Pfeiffer, you know, of course he thought. You know, remember Pfeiffer came back a couple years later, a year later, whatever it was. But, you know, he was winning that fight against this guy. And this guy got signed because of that freak injury. Now he's 1-4 in, in the UFC. So, and this Dustin Schultzfuss. Now, this guy, i seen where he went to some university in Germany. This guy's a fucking Quaker, man. He was living in Pennsylvania. Anyway, anyway. Uh, Serrano... He won his fight on the Contender Series. Now he's three and three in the UFC. Six knockouts, two submissions, wins. He's one and three in his last four. I still think he's better in all areas than Schultzfuss, and I'm looking for a knockout win. Yeah, I think I, I do agree with you, uh, Puna Haley uh, Soriano. This is a guy who is going to be in your face, tough as nails. I think he's good anywhere. I just think that he gets himself in these moments during these fights, specifically when he lost to Nick Maximov and Brendan Allen. Look at both those guys now. One went one way, the other went the other way. So mm-hmm. what does that say about Soriano? Yeah, he has uh, to come in and prove himself. Maximoff he has to come in here and do some work. Too. Exactly. So, come, I mean, Stoltzfus is at a, in a position as well where this fight can benefit both of them. If they come out here and whoop each other's ass for three rounds, they both move up. But if somebody gets a finish... It's good. It's still it's still good for both of them because I don't think Stoltzfus is, is deep enough into the division or into the career specifically uh, in the UFC where it's going to matter win or lose. He's going to get another fight. He's going to fight somebody. I just think uh, Soriano's going to he's going to end up fighting a name and that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a Cerrone thing. Is he going to show up to fight this name or is he going to do the same type of shit? You can't just switch up, man. You got to you got to be consistent. This is the I would consider this one of the few sports where consistency is the biggest key 
uh, I don't know. I think finishing is right up there. Finishing is number one. Second is is uh, consistency. Because if you finish, even if it's in the third round, that benefits you more than simply uh, winning the fight by decision, right? You go in there and you, you fucking knock the guy out like Derek Lewis did uh, to Volkov, right, in the third round. It's memorable. The, nothing else matters. The rest of that fight doesn't matter. But if you just go in there, decision the guy, and you got the victory, and it's a, kind of a boring back-and-forth type of shit, it's so forgettable. Yeah. So I don't know. Soriano, like you said, he is very well-rounded. I do think he'll, I think he'll take this. If he keeps his head on, he's got to keep his head on. Some of these guys just need a, the right team. Uh, this Good is next round. 41-year-old Clay Guida. I don't versus I don't, what's the Joaquin youngest person Silva. on the card so far? What's that? I said, what's the youngest person on the card so far? Uh, 32? That's a good question. <laughs> Everyone's old as shit, dude. All right. Clay Guida, dude. I mean, what? Wow. Yeah, like 27. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Guida, 41. He's 3-6 and six in his last nine fights. But, you know, I'll, I'll tell you from my perspective, even when he loses, he doesn't look, he doesn't look like an old man in there. He's still got his cardio. You know? Right. He's coming off a decision loss to Rafa Garcia. It was a split decision. Now, is it time for him to retire? Does he hang it up after this fight? I don't know. Silva's a, a huge betting favorite, not minus three fifty, but he's lost three of his last four. But if you look at the competition he faced, very very tough competition. So we really don't know uh, what this guy's capable of because the competition he's faced. I mean. He's lost to uh, Armand Sarukian. Dude, Clay Ricky Guida's Glenn, dead. Clay Guida. Clay Guida's dead. Look at this man. Just look at his physique. He's 30. Dude, Clay Guida might die. I think he might be in real trouble. Because if he fought Armand Sarukian to the third round and got knocked out, Clay Guida's in trouble, dude. There's no other statistic you need to know. Sarukian, and you went three? Come on, man. I mean, he was late in the third round, too. Three and a half minutes into the third round, and Silva got knocked out. Clay Guida's like, you know who I want? That guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? All right. We'll give it to you. Now, he did get knocked out in, in, uh, against Ricky Glenn, and that was 37 seconds. But Ricky yeah. Glenn's a tough customer, too. Sure, sure. They all have their shining moments, you know. The problem is, though, is Clay Guida has to do something about that hair. If he's going to keep showing up, he's got to do something about that hair. It's got to be shorter. You got to cut it off. You can't be that. You can't be. We shouldn't be able to see the forest bed through the trees. You dig what I'm saying? We're seeing too much scalp between those motherfucking locks, bro. You got to do something with that. I'm going to say something. That, one more thing about the Silva guy. His last five fights, someone's gotten knocked out. Either it was him or his opponent. I mean, it was him I'm three gonna, times. I like it. But, I like it. But, Can I say one, one last thing? Clay Guida's on the main card. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I still enjoy seeing the guy. He hasn't. Some I of these him. guys you see, like Tony Ferguson, you're like, okay, man, it's, it's, it's fucking time. It's enough. It's enough. He, but Guida hasn't looked the, too terrible, even when he's lost. He's one of those guys that you have seen in such big trouble. Where you're like, oh, it's over. It's over. It's over. He's hurt. It's over. You're saying it out loud. And then you're like, I guess it's not. He's still there. He's still going. He's back. What is it? Why didn't the ref stop it? There's a moment there. There's three moments there. 
Uh, the Diego Sanchez versus Clay Guida will forever go down as one of my favorite fights of all time. Just the mo- you're like Clay Guida, you died three times, bro, for sure. <laughs> Remember when he, dude, he kicked him in the fucking head in such a weird position. Clay just sat down, got back up. You're like, what the? <laughs> Quit, dude. And yet you got these guys fighting for belts quitting. This Clay Guida, 41, talking about give me that 25, 25. I'll take home a, I'll take home a cool 50, bro. That ain't nothing. I'm Clay Guida. And that's the cool thing is there are guys from our era that carved themselves a niche position. Right, where it's like Clay Guida doesn't have to go to boxing. He doesn't have to go to, you know, PFL or Bellator. Just ride it out, dog. They're going to set you up real nice. Donald Cerrone wouldn't keep coming back to the goddamn fights if he wasn't okay with the UFC, motherfucker. What do you mean? Khabib still shows up. You think he ain't sitting fine? Of course he fought Conor last. I mean, Cerrone did too. Son of a bitch. (laughs) All these guys have to fight Conor to really just sail off into the wind. Clay's looking for his... (laughs) All right, this next fight, Walter Weibout, Sean Brady, Calvin Gastelum. So Brady, he was 15-0, and 0, and then his last fight, he was knocked out by Bilal Muhammad. And this is when I was criticizing Bilal Muhammad for not knocking anybody out, and this fool gets knocked out by him. <laughs> so, you know, how's he going to rebound off of that? We'll have to see. But Gastelum, this guy, I can't believe he's only 32. It seems like he's been around fucking forever. Uh, you know, these guys, they're, they're close to the same age. Brady's only 31. But it just seems like, it, it seems like this is almost a vet versus an upstart. Because Gastelum seems like he's been around forever. Brady, like I said, he was 15-0. and 0. He just got that knockout loss. But, you know, Gastelum, his last finish was in 2017 versus Mike Bisping. Okay. He's lost five of his last seven. Uh, he did beat Chris Curtis in his last fight, but that was not action happening in that fight. He's coming no. in, punching Curtis a couple times, moving away. It, it almost like Curtis was exposed uh, against, uh, what's that, that guy from Duplessis. Because okay. you come in, you hit him a couple times, you move out his fucking way, and it, it's like the guy gets frustrated. I mean, you know, it might not have been Duplessis. I'll look up who I'm talking about. Uh, that I feel exposed Curtis. And give me just a few seconds. Uh, Hermuson. Uh, no, maybe, you know what? Maybe it was Brendan Allen. Brendan Allen, okay. All right, yeah, he was coming in, hitting him, getting the fuck out of the way, coming and hitting him, getting out of the way. And Curtis, it's like Curtis gets frustrating. frustrated. Wait, who's Curtis? What, you talking about Kelvin? Yeah, no, I'm talking about Chris Curtis. Uh, I'm just saying that's the reason why he beat Chris Curtis in his last fight. He come in, hitting okay. him, moving, hitting him, moving. And that, that was a... a, a Tough decision, too. He didn't, like, run away with that. So I'm almost thinking Gastelum, I don't think he's got enough. Well, here's my problem. Can I I add this to that? Good. Kelvin is a guy that is a very confusing body type. Yes. And he needs to fight more, too. And the way his body is built, there's no weight class that makes sense for him. (laughs) You know, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm saying that they got to find that. Whether, like, they got to figure out what his best attributes are. He's got a hell of a fucking chin, and that's been in every fight he's ever been in. He's got a good chin. He's got he's got great stamina. He's, his head movement, his hands, his footwork is very good. His wrestling's not bad. But you got to find something. He's 5'8", 170. Could a 155 be, be something for him? He'd be, he'd be more cut. He might be a little faster. 
I don't know, because he's even went up to 185. You know, the battles with fucking Israel and Asanya and shit like that. <coughs> His power would be better at 55. And that's a tough division to throw your hat into. But a 155 Kelvin Gaskin would be very a very interesting matchup against a lot of those guys at 55. Even a Justin Gaethje. Because even his hard shots versus Kelvin's hard shots would be very, very interesting. That could be a pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? Kelvin's got to find his weight class before it's too late, man. You can't keep fighting these monsters. I know a lot of guys have made their career off of fighting the guys bigger than them, like Randy Couture, but it's like, it's a different generation. You have to kind of, you have to be methodical about it. You know, be smart about it. Find your way to sort of give yourself a little bit of an advantage, whether it's height, reach, you know what I mean? And being 5'8", the 71 and a half inch reach that sounds like a 55 <laughs> you know what i mean conor mcgregor is what five nine 70 inch reach maybe i don't know kelvin's just thick bro maybe he can't get there he's got a big ass head uh sean brady's the same way though thick boy but there ain't no cutting weight off that body you know what i mean that boy is physique you know and he's he's fast he's a hell of an athlete very surprising for that that body type you know, typically those guys are very slow. Uh, Sean Brady's hella active. And like you said about Kelvin, he needs to fight more. So I do agree with you on a lot of your points there. Kelvin is one of these guys where it's like the guys he has fought made Kelvin scary. There, there was a time when Kelvin was fighting all the time. It seems like every time he turned yeah. around, he's fighting. He was trying to get that, that belt, boy. That, and then when he got yeah. there, he was like, this is yeah. hard. That's probably why he <laughs> seems like he's like 40. Because yeah. he was there, he was around a lot, and now he's he's yep. he hadn't been around much at all. So, bro, because he, he made that he made that championship money, which is like well, I think that's probably over a hundred, if not more, to win, and then to show or to uh to show and then to win, and he didn't win, but he still probably walked away with fucking a cold two hundred fifty thou, just for fighting Israel Adesanya plus a couple bonuses, which could be anything from fifty to two hundred thousand. That boy got paid plus pay per view. Come on, man. Yeah, why, he, why, why would you keep beating the hell out of Sam? I, I know, and I'll, I'll, I guess I'm devil's advocate this episode. I'm usually the one saying this. We, we would love to see them fight more. Absolutely. Get the fuck to work. But at the same time, that's not how you have longevity. You know, that's not how you stick around like Clay Guida. Clay Guida, he was hella active. Never got to that belt. And he's still around. And he's still cognitive. He still talks fine. You know what I mean? Well, that, Paul Felder could jump in tomorrow because he still talks fine. Until the motherfucker can't say tomato correctly, <laughs> let him fight. Well, I'm going to say this about Gastelum. You were correct uh, with his chin. I mean, the guy's got this huge face, but he Just doesn't take too many punches head. in that face. Or when he does, it doesn't affect him. He's, yeah. he's never been knocked out. Not one time. It's got, I, man, it's I, lost eight times and never been knocked out. Can I tell you this? Kelvin, for me, was one of those guys that as soon as I he, he came on the scene, I didn't like him. I was like, this fucking guy's too cocky. He walks to the ring cocky. He's, he's super. He doesn't. He, there's just a swagger about him that's fucking like, you fucking bitch. And then he's fighting Michael Bisbing and stuff. I'm like, I'm on Bisbing's team. And then he does his fucking thing. You're like, the boy's got hands. The way he would put some of these dudes to sleep, you were like, what the fuck? That's way too the, fast. Does that attitude to remind you of or or uh, the, the guy that's married to Tracy Cortez? Or <laughs> you know what I was gonna. You know who I keep thinking of? Chael Sonnen. Like, for real, the way Chael Sonnen would, not the shit talking, but the way he would fight you. Not the wrestling and stuff, but everything in, in the octagon. Where it's like, he's just in the way, dude. And Kelvin Gaslam's just in the way. It's like, you punch him in the head so many fucking times, my hand hurts, dude. 
this son of a bitch is still there. So maybe Sean Brady can do that. I think this is going to be a war or it's going to be boring as shit. We'll see. Yeah. Probably boring oh, as wow. shit. Wow. Wow. This next match. This next matchup. Oh, I don't really know what to make of this because Rob Font. I don't either. He, he's got a height advantage. He's got the reach advantage. and But he's lost three of his last four. Uh, Figueredo. Yo, this guy's nine knockouts, eight submission wins. But he hasn't fought anyone other than Brandon Moreno since November 2020. So right, right. We don't even know how this guy. We don't remember how he looks against uh, regular opponents. Uh, ha- has the feud with him and Figueroa changed him? I mean, he might have left some of some of some some of himself in, in the cage with with Brandon Moreno. Anyway, uh, yeah, his last finish uh, was was in November 2020. Uh, so I mean, he hasn't fought any fucking body, but Brandon Moreno, Rob Font. Uh, despite having these guys, they, uh, these two guys, they got nine knockouts apiece and they just, especially Font, doesn't never seem like he's that much of a knockout threat when he's in there. I don't know something about that guy. Uh, I think Figueredo gets him on the ground, submits him. I'm calling My issue is Rob Font, I feel like is the last guy that Mike Perry fought before he left the UFC, so I've never been a fan. Um, although he is tough as fuck, Rob Font is tough yeah. as shit. But I think I think his head is going to be so big on that 135 pound body that this is just going to be too easy for Figueroa because the motherfucker, what is he? The ox, the ox, something. His nickname is something with oxes, dude. He he's a scary boy, and he's strong as he- strong as hell. I I think the biggest problem with Brandon Marino was. He was just so tenacious. He wouldn't let you. He wouldn't leave you alone. Rob Font will wait for you. So if Figueroa ends up playing, you know, the the predator to the prey, he has a he has a real shot. But Rob Font, he, he's he's slick. You can't deny he's slick. All right, man. Fucking look at this record. So many numbers under Bobby Green. It's insane. <laughs> but I feel like Bobby Green's having like one of the best times he's ever had in his career. His name is sure. out there all the time. It seems like he's. Some like co-main, like like every other card. It seems like so. And good and good for him. He's it's well deserved. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. The motherfuckers have just been around forever. Yeah. So many fights. He was supposed to fight Dan Hooker in this fight, but I know. Yeah, I would. I want to see Dan's tattoos. That's really why I want him to get back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how scary he looks now, because he looked like such a sweet boy for the longest time. <laughs> you know what I mean? A little spike. Bobby Green. Shit. He he just fought October seventh. He knocked out Grant Dawson in 33 seconds. And I feel like he's on fucking fire right now. Jalen Turner, watch the fuck out, dude. Bobby Green's yeah. coming for you. I don't. I honestly agree with you. Outside of Jalen's height, I don't think he has anything Bobby has not seen or dealt with before. It's a matter of what Bobby wants to do. And I think Bobby realizes that. And I feel like I'm talking in the third person now somehow. <laughs> Bobby's been throwing some hands lately. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, I don't know. Change your name to Bobby Knuckles, my friend, because that motherfucking Whitaker ain't getting it done. The, the thing with Bobby... And you say this all the time about people willing to take risk. He's got power and he's willing to take risk. If he gets caught, he gets caught, but he will take the risk. And I like fighters like that. Like the, yeah, my, I, uh, you know, Beverly Hills Ninja. The guy got knocked out all the time in his last several fights before he was yeah. let go. But hey, I like the man coming in there, pushing the pace, throwing some hands. If he gets caught, he gets caught. Right, right. And that, that don't lead to longevity. Most <laughs> it's of the a time. highlight regardless. <laughs> Or is on the receive it in. Uh, let's talk about this main event because right. we got Armin Sarukian versus Danielle Daniel 
uh, what am I doing? Banel Dariush. Uh, Banel's been around so long, his hair is fucking graying. Um, 22, 5, and 1 for him, 20 and 3 for Sarukian. And I know for sure Sarukian's the favorite. What do you got? I think Sarukian's going to destroy him. Uh, either uh, ekes out decision. When I say eke out, I mean uh, Benil's doing everything he can to create a decision and, and yeah. avoiding a knockout. Or I think you're right. a knockout. Uh, Benil, a lot of survival. You know, he's coming off that first round. TKO lost to Charles Oliveira in his last fight. He had won his previous eight. Sarukian, you know, he's won seven of his last eight. And, yeah, I'm going to make it simple. I think uh, Sarukian takes this fight. Yeah, I think Sarukian needs to make a statement. I think he should make a statement in this fight. And that's what we uh, Yeah, Sarukian for me all day long. We're going to wrap it up right now? Absolutely. Show notes. (laughs) Get in there. Fucking follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Don't leave it to the judges pod. Great job, Awesome, on YouTube. Uh, Free water. The podcast. Bye. One, fight!